Welcome to the JD Power Travel Podcast. I'm Michael Taylor. I'm the uh, Managing Director of Travel Hospitality and Retail at JD Power. And I'm, as always, joined by Andrea Stokes, who's our practice lead for hospitality. Hello, Andrea. Hello. Anyway, so, uh, well, first off, just uh, kind of off topic here, Andrea, you've gotten some accolades lately. And I, I, I actually say this because I saw your uh, this really cool artwork of your portrait <laughs> you know, in the news. Uh, and uh, tell us a little bit about one of the recent award you won. Well, uh, I was uh, selected late last year as uh, an influential woman in hospitality, so very grateful for that, very much appreciate uh, that, and that was um, bestowed by Hotel Management uh, Magazine uh, and and website, which is run by Questex, so very much appreciate that. Um, and I did, I did submit a recent article to the hotel yearbook about 2023 and what we're, what we're looking at in the hospitality industry in terms of both the guest and hotel owners and operators and sort of their mindset and, uh, you know, what they're thinking about how 2023 will play out. Well, the, you know, the artwork they have for that yearbook thing, it looks like you're a member of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I'm, I'm wondering when your movie is going to come out. So maybe you can give us a little synopsis in a future podcast of what your, your movie's uh, plot is going to be. Okay, sure. I like being a superhero. So, yeah, I like that idea a lot. All right. Well, actually, on to the you know, business at hand here, the real, uh, the real world. And I thought we'd, we would talk uh, a little bit about, um, you know, everybody has this anticipation. Uh, you know, a lot of companies, including J.D. Power, go through planning the last part of a, of a year and then into the first quarter of a, of a year. And that's certainly what J.D. Power has been doing. And we're all sort of bracing for some bad economic news as we go through 2023. And, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, we're calling it the expected recession. But I thought we would spend some time talking about, as J.D. Power sees it, what's the expected impact or lack of impact on travel uh, for the upcoming recession. So, Andrea, what's, uh, what's your outlook for the, the, you know, the impact uh, or non-impact of the recession on the hospitality industry? Yes, well, I think it, you know, it's hard to know if we are in one uh, right now. Certainly, travel prices have abated a little bit, but they are still quite high. Hotel prices and air airfares, especially for spring break, are are quite high. Um, I myself could not use the airline I normally would use because the airfare was double what I found on another airline for spring break, this upcoming spring break. And so I I think it you know, companies are competing and they realize that there are, you know, competitors out there that they need to beat on price. But I think the demand is still there. And I think as long as airlines and, and the, the hotel chains are seeing booking demand uh, still there, especially for spring and summer, I don't think prices will come down. Now, if a recession hits us, say it's the summer time frame. You know, much of travel uh, for the summer may may have been booked already by then. I mean, the rece- a recession might impact, you know, last minute decision making, 
uh, by consumers on taking a trip and, and they might decide, you know, not to take that trip after all um, due to, you know, potential layoff or, or something else. But, you know, while we've seen layoffs, I, I don't think the, the layoffs have been recession-like quite yet. Uh, that could change, of course, but um, we're not really seeing, you know, widespread uh, layoffs. And in fact, companies are still hiring, not only in the travel industry, but many other industries are still looking for workers. Uh, and workers, you know, do have uh, kind of an upper hand uh, because of that. So, yeah, I, I think it remains to be seen. Um, you know, I think by the time June rolls around, we'll probably understand whether we really do see a recession, you know, perhaps in the third or fourth quarter. Yeah, that'd be my estimate as well. It's just as an armchair economist. So, you know, from my side of the business, you know, we touched a little bit on airline fees and airline fees are quite high for particular destinations um, for two different reasons. One is that demand factor. And I believe if I'm not portraying too much, you know, you were looking to go to Florida with your family on spring break. If I remember correctly, Andrea, That's right. and, and the particular market you were looking at is really high demand and the prices do reflect that. They're something like double what they normally would be during a right. spring, ba- spring break time frame. But you'll go across the, you know, you look at going to Atlanta or Chicago, not necessarily spring break or leisure destinations. Airfares haven't changed that much um, from their current levels. Uh, they're certainly higher than they were in 2019. Um, and But the other factor, you know, demand is one factor. The other factor is routing. Uh, airline stocks are doing quite well and actually becoming quite efficient at producing uh, profitability in 2023 and actually all the way through 2022 as well, simply because they're flying you know, fewer aircraft and putting more passengers on them. And of course, getting that higher ticket price to certain markets. And they've also restricted the flights to various smaller markets. I flew to Indianapolis uh, last week and uh, it was quite a bit more than flying to any other market I normally would go to, say, Houston uh, or Chicago, and simply because that's just not a market that attracts a lot of business travel or leisure travel at all, and therefore is priced accordingly. And I actually didn't have, um, you know, even though I paid a higher fare, you know, it was the least heavy flight I'd been on, so the, with the fewest amount of seats filled. So, in fact, I didn't have anybody within probably six rows of me on the outbound leg, uh, but I did pay quite a bit more than I would pay, say, to go to Houston airport. And the other swing factor here is business travel, um, you know, which Andrea, I want you to chime in a little bit on things that you talked about yesterday in a webinar that you did with uh, U.S. Travel Association and Ipsos. Uh, but that is also somewhat of a swing factor here is uh, is the, uh, you know, the lack or the lagging of business travel as we go through 2023. And for some unusual and some usual reasons. And then one of the bigger swing factors for some of the airports that we track at J.D. Power uh, is the uh, resurgence of travel out of China, especially business travel, which has been heavily restricted in the past year. So, Andrea, I know that you participated in this uh, webinar yesterday and maybe give some of the highlights that you talked about yesterday with the USTA. 
Sure. Uh, yeah, we, we did talk a little bit about the quarterly business travel index that we produce alongside U.S. Travel Association and Oxford Economics. And we do plan to continue that work in 2023. It's a quarterly survey of business travelers and uh, business executives uh, about travel spending, the types of business trips uh, they're taking, um, sort of comparing to the past and how much uh, companies are sending their employees on business travel. And, you know, as of as of the, the end of last year, fourth quarter of 22, you know, business travel was still at about 80% of what it was um, before the pandemic. So, you know, still down, um, different types of business trips are being taken. I, it's really transient business travel that is still uh, slow to come back. Uh, and we've, we've said that before. Um, you know, business travelers are, are traveling for meetings and events, and those meetings and events and conventions, conferences, those are coming back. They came back in 22. I think more will come back in 23. Uh, but, um, you know, business travelers, they still believe that if, if travel is a part of their job, they believe it's important to their own development, but also the company financials that they should travel for business. And that not traveling would, ha you know, potentially have a negative impact on company sales or revenues, that kind of thing. So interestingly, executives, business executives, uh, they agree with that. But they're, I think, more uh, policy focused, corporate travel policy focused and, you know, which travel policies have remained uh, since during the pandemic uh, trips are being scrutinized a little more uh, in in various you know types of companies. Uh, so you know there's there's still the, those kind of you know negative aspects of of the pandemic hanging over us, um, and now potentially right the the talk of recession. And again, companies just have one more reason to scrutinize travel expenses by their employees. So we we will keep watching this uh, in 2023. All right. Thanks, Andrea. And now switching to another completely separate topic. Uh, this is a topic that I get asked about quite a bit uh, from the media and also when I'm at cocktail parties. Not that I'm at cocktail parties that often, but, you know, when it happens, um, people do ask me about these things. But recovering from customer service disasters. Um, and we've seen some big examples, some very egregious uh, customer service mishaps in the past year or so. And I do get a lot of questions about, well, how can X company or X airline or X rental car company recover from this? Uh, and the answer really we see in the JD Power data over the long term is that if you have a good brand, uh, you will tend to recover. Uh, we've seen some really, oh, well-publicized customer service issues, you know, people being assaulted on an airline, um, people's pets being killed, uh, you, know, to, you know, not to bring up too, topic, too sensitive a topic, but it does happen. And uh, we do see those brands recover because they are consistently in the business of providing day-to-day -day 
service, and this is something usually these things happen really outside the norm of, you know, what anybody would expect. So, uh, you know, I, get, I ask constantly, can these brands survive? And the, the short answer is yes. Uh, if you've got a brand that is strong and that you've got a customer service orientation. And I'll, Andrew, I'm going to get to the hospitality side in just a second. But the big swing factor that we see in the J.D. Power data is actually people skills, not necessarily the operational. Do I get from point A to point B? Do I get a rental car on time? Uh, you know, do I, uh, you know, am I able to navigate an airport quickly and safely and get through TSA in a reasonable amount of time. You know, those are some of, the, some of the blocking and tackling that has to be done well. But it's really the people issues at brands that really do save them and help them recover faster from uh, these customer service disasters. So you've got good people scores, and that takes a long time to develop. We've seen in the J.D. Power data that certain of our clients have had low people scores, low friendliness, low helpfulness, um, you know, a, a low concern for traveler welfare. And they've decided to tackle those things. And they've spent quite literally tens of millions of dollars and years to build a program where they're basically informing their um, their employees about how valuable it is to treat someone as if they are a valued customer of the airline or the rental car company or of the airport. And that seems to be the biggest factor, swing factor in how well does a brand recover is having good people skills to begin with, but you can't turn it on like a switch. It takes an awful lot of thing. And it also helps to hire the right people in the first place. Uh, something we see continuously in the data. And some of those brands that have not done very well, who have had uh, customer service disasters lately do have those high people scores and we would fully expect them to be at the top of the rankings again very quickly. So, Andrea, are there any, you know, illustrative uh, events that have happened in the hospitality industry that where you've seen brands recover and how did they recover? Well, I, I you know, not specific um, events related to a, any one specific brand, but, you know, we do know that uh, the hotel companies as a reaction to the pandemic they did um, kind of loosen those cancellation penalties and, uh, you know, they really were were there to help customers, you know, get their money back if they had prepaid or they would let customers cancel a reservation without penalty. And the, the industry, the hotel industry really did get, um, you know, positive accolades for uh, for doing that, right, and and that was something that tended to to pop up in the in the news right after the pandemic hit us in 2020. But overall, from a customer satisfaction standpoint, our data shows that you know, yes, you might be a hotel guest and you might face an issue or a problem during your stay. Uh, you might, you know, you might have something that's not working in your hotel room or a service problem. Uh, but if you report that problem and when the hotel uh, recovers from that and uh, works with you to recover from that, guest satisfaction often can even be higher than it, than it would have been if uh, you didn't experience a problem at all. And so that recovery is, uh, like you said, extremely important uh, in it, you know, it does involve the, the company, right, treating the customer 
um, you know, as uh, as the most valuable customer, right? Um, hotels are, of course, for hotels, it's all about hospitality. And you would want to treat someone as if they were a guest staying in your home. Um, so, I, you know, I do think when, when the hotel industry can do well there, it, it does make a big difference. It, it, it improves guest satisfaction, but it also improves loyalty and the chance that that guest will return to your brand. Mm-hmm. And one of the, just to put a postscript on this, uh, occasionally I'll get uh, an inquiry from the media about which airlines, for example, are the most safe or considered to be most safe and which are considered to be unsafe. And my answer has always been the same in the over two decades of my doing this, you know, being in this business is they get very high marks for safety all the time for one very simple reason. If the flying public didn't think that the aircraft or the airline was safe, they'd never get on the aircraft. You certainly wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't. And then plus the pilot wouldn't fly the aircraft if he or she thought it was unsafe as well. So it's sort of a, you know, you've got to have that basic, those are the stakes that you have to come with in the game is that you've got to get people safely from point A to point B. And the airline industry does that really well. And the last final point I would I put on it when I talk to the media about this is, you know, the partnership that the airlines have with the aircraft manufacturers is fantastic. So that anytime something, you know, God forbid, goes wrong, and an airline, you know, fails of crashes and has a some some other mechanical error that causes, you know, a disaster or loss of life. The uh, aircraft manufacturers are extremely good at reverse engineering. What went wrong? How did it go wrong? And how do we prevent that from ever happening again? And that kind of philosophy between the aircraft and the airline, uh, aircraft manufacturer and the airline itself has basically led to the situation that we have today, which is flying in an aircraft is much safer than most any other travel um, activity that you can name, including walking across the street. So, you know, with that, uh, you know, that's my postscript is that safety is kind of a given in the airline industry. You know, you wouldn't get on an unsafe aircraft and someone wouldn't fly it. So they're all considered to be very, very safe. Well, thank you very much for um, you know listening to the JD Power Travel Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about JD Power and the travel industry and the hospitality industry in particular, you can navigate to jdpower.com. Go to the upper right hand corner, click on businesses, you know, scroll down to travel, and you'll see some of the things that we've been doing over the last six to nine months. And if you'd like to leave some questions for us, you, that's a there's a little space in there to get in contact with us. Thank you. Mm-hmm.